Welcome to The Exclusive. I'm your host, Sharon Tharp. I'm back for my final interview of my Winner's Way In series for as, as the finale of Big Brother 25 approaches. And when I started this series, I thought, how cool would it be to get this guy as my last interview? And I didn't think it was going to happen, and it took a little convincing, but I really am happy he agreed to do this. So I'm happy to introduce the winner of Big Brother 2, Dr. Will Kirby. Dr. Will, how are you doing? I am doing... Great, Sharon. I'm great today. Thank you so much for asking. Uh, I want to make sure that everyone understands what I'm working with. So I'm going to provide some visual, a little bit of visual cues to help people get through this interview. Okay. Now, I do have to warn you. I have to warn you. I am not interesting these days because I'm 50. I'm old. I got a bad knee. This is going to be a boring interview. Okay. It's going to be super boring. Do not get your hopes up. I don't want anyone coming back on the internet, on Twitter, on anything and being like, Dr. Will was boring. I'm telling you, it's going to be boring. It is going to be boring. This will not be a good interview. Don't get your hopes up. It's not going to be good. And for those who are just listening and we're not watching, you should be watching because Dr. Will has some um, visual cues for you. <laughs> Why would you not watch? Why, When I'm in the jungle room, when I'm in the jungle room of all places, how could you not be interested in watching? Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, so well, catch us up on your life. Like what's been going Excuse on? Me, it's Dr. Will. Thank you very much, Sharon. Let's make sure there's no, no mistake here. Catch you up on my life. Well, I am the chief medical officer of the nation's leading aesthetic dermatology group, www.laseraway.com. We're in 23 states. We have 128 clinics. We're opening seven more before the end of the year. We have leases signed for 45 next year. Uh, we're the largest employer of uh, aesthetic nurses, nurse practitioners, physician associates in the North America continent. That's not a continent. Oh, I guess it is. And uh, it, it works great. Works great. Family's great. Kids are great. Relationships great. I, I cannot complain at all. Things are very, very, very good. And Sharon Tharp, if that is her real name, see, you think you're interviewing me. You think you waited all season. For the granddaddy, for Papa Smurf to come out of the village. But I'm flipping this on you because I'm going to be interviewing you as we go forward. Because you're looking gorgeous there. You're super charismatic. You're an excellent interviewer, world-renowned journalist. And I want to make sure that all of our viewers and audience, and there's a difference because audience listens, viewers view. So I want both to interact with us today. And I'm going to make sure that you're qualified to participate in this interaction. Oh, no. I'm in for uh, an interesting interview, I guess. I'm boring. You don't want to talk about me. I already threw my boring sign away. Hold on. Hold on. Where'd it go? I already threw my boring sign away. I don't have another one. Okay. Well, all right. So that's the update. And I have been to Laser Way. It is a great place. Thank and you. Where'd you. Which one'd you go to? I've been to a few all over New York. Um, this is an unpaid ad, by the way. Unpaid. This is not a paid ad. But thank you very much. Jokes aside, you know, we do it a lot of aesthetic treatments, Botox, cosmetic, laser hair removal. Please come see us for your aesthetic needs. Yeah. And there it's funny. They just, they know you as Dr. Kirby. We know you as Dr. Will. Of course. Those are two different people. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Those are two different personalities. <laughs> um, I, do people even recognize you from Big Brother or they, like, how does that work when you're at work? Do people know that you're, you were on reality TV? Are you talking to me? Yes. Of yeah, of course people recognize from me from Big Brother. So I, 
I, at the risk of self-aggrandizement, I'm probably the best-known dermatologist in the United States. So I lecture. I travel a lot, and I lecture at different uh, conferences. I was in Montreal two days ago. Canadian Big Brother fans, wow. you need to calm down. You guys need to calm down. This year, for medical conferences, I've been to Whistler, Canada, Edmonton, Canada, Calgary, Canada, Toronto twice, Vancouver, and now Edmonton. And by far, the most passionate Big Brother fans in the world are in Canada. So yeah, I get recognized frequently. Sometimes it's bad. Like sometimes when I'm at work, people will come up and they're like, oh, you know, Dr. Kirby, has anyone ever told you you look like that asshole from Big Brother? And I'm like, yeah, they've told me that, that has come up. So that does occur. Usually people are super, super friendly and they come up and they say, Dr. Will, you know, love you on Big Brother. And I think people have to remember, do you know what year Big Brother 2 was, Sharon Tharp? What year was it? 2001. 2001. That was 22 years ago. I mean, that's pretty That's pretty remarkable that people still care. And, you know, I'm, I truly am flattered that I still have some level of relevancy within the unscripted universe. And people do come up to me all the time. They're really gracious. Um, I don't think I honestly have ever had a truly bad interaction. Um, so it's it's fun. It's been a great ride. It's been a lot of fun. And you keep getting asked back to host this jury roundtable. This is, I think, I mean, obviously there was COVID, but there, this is 10 years going on. doing 10 it. years. Can you believe that? So, yeah, I mean, that that's people say, Dr. Dr. Will, you got old. Time is a human construct. It's something that we have created to help us understand how many times the moon goes around the earth and how many times the earth goes around the sun. And we're all getting older, right? So, yes, I'm 50. Yes, I won Big Brother 22 years ago. Uh, yes, I've been involved for 10 years and I am so flattered and so pleased that I am able to do that. It's been a really fun life. It's been a phenomenal run. I have no complaints. Yeah. I mean, let's get this out of the way. Cause I'm sure people are going to ask how much of the show do you, do you keep up with? Do you watch the feeds? I'm guessing not. Do you watch, like, do you catch the clips? Do you watch the episodes? Like how much of big brother do you say you're invested in? I'm going to answer this as best I can. Okay. And this, the problem with answering this question is it's a loaded question because if you watch the feeds 24 hours a day, if I, if I admit to that at one end of the spectrum, then people are like, wow, he's never moved on in his life. He's bizarre. He's a freak because there are former big brother players who do that. They just can't, they can't get it together. And again, I have a, you know, a vibrant family. I have a kinetic job that I'm super passionate about. So no, I am not obsessed with the feeds. That doesn't occur. In the interest of full transparency, in a 100-day season, the longest season in the history of Big Brother, well, I don't really need to know a lot of the early people, right? So I'm not going to invest a ton of emotional time getting to know them, uh, mainly because just being honest, they, they kind of become irrelevant. I mean, can you, I don't want to put you on the spot, Sharon, but like for the last few seasons, can you remember some people who are evicted early? Like, it's really hard to do, you know? If I had to, but I, I don't often think right. about them. <laughs> so needless to say, I am definitely, and so at the other end of the spectrum are people who, you know, just phone it in and don't really care and don't do a great job. And that's not who I am in any aspect of my life. So if I'm going to host the jury roundtable, again, which I've done for 10 years, then I, of course, am going to be supremely knowledgeable um, when I walk into that space. And if I had to graph it, here's my graph. If I had to graph it, it's like, well, I you know, was on Big Brother. That was up here. 
And then, you know, maybe Big Brother 7 was here. And then when I started hosting the jury roundtable, well, I started, you know, paying a lot more attention. So I think there was a little dip here. This is kind of where I was in residency, where my kids were born, where I was just sort of busy. And now career is going great. Life's going great. So I have a little more extra time to pay attention to what's happening at Big Brother. So could I win a Big Brother trivia contest? No, of course not. I don't memorize the statistics. I, I don't know people's grandmother's, you know, home addresses. Do I know the major moves, the major plays, the things that matter, the most interesting personalities? Of course I do. Yeah. I mean, so you've hosted the you've hosted this season of the jury roundtable. You've done it for many seasons. How would you how how does this jury kind of compare to the rest, would you say? This the uh, listen, you fans again, Canadian fans calm down, American fans also calm down. This because when I say anything, you guys are going to go online and and get super angry, but honest like truth here, this was the single best jury I've ever been part of because um, they are not afraid to disagree. They're not afraid to be outspoken. And um, when I challenged them, they responded right back. So I'm not a fan of, un of unanimous votes. To me, that's extremely boring. And I think that um, they unfortunately now all agree. And uh, as a result, they, they might have kind of, I have to be careful how I say this, but yeah. they might have all kind of uh, agreed during the individual eviction processes that occurred during the show. But now there is a strong level of disagreement now that they've had some space and some time to think about uh, what they're doing. Yeah. Did people go in with an open mind or were they like really set in their, their opinions already? Well, th this jury in particular, they did not go in with an open mind. And <laughs> then as we work our way through it, and I'm no psychiatrist, but I am, you know, a reality brain architect. Um, we kind of work out these different psychological elements and help them realize other aspects of the game. I mean, we're also involved in our own life you're doing something, you know, today I'm doing something tomorrow. We're all like in our own heads, our own egos are speaking to us. Well, that's true of the big brother house too, except they're really in a vacuum and they don't know exactly what the other people are thinking or doing. And they, they definitely don't have an accurate uh, interpretation of everyone else's actions. So the jury roundtable, you know, it's a very difficult job, much more difficult than people realize is I have to get them to feel comfortable. I have to get them to, you know, let their, preconceived notions go to the side and I have to help them work through these concepts and, and just be open-minded. Now, in anticipation of your next question, Sharon, um, there have been rumors that I was brought in 10 years ago to influence the jury. That is unequivocally not true. That's a conspiracy theory. That's, you know, that's, you might as well go look for the Loch Ness Monster. I promise, promise, promise. There is nothing. There's, I have no agenda at all. I go in super fair I just want them to be able to speak their mind. I want everyone to get a chance to be heard. And I want them to walk away from that process knowing that they still have a very difficult decision to make. They get to ask the jury questions and they need to vote for who played the best. Now, some of them will vote um, just to be bitter and they're allowed to. But my ask of them is to be transparent about that. Mm -hmm. I respect somebody who says, hey, you know what? You got rid of me. And that really bothers me. And now I'm going to not reward you. In fact, I'm going to penalize you and you will not receive this money. I respect that. But what I don't respect is when they kind of come with a preconceived notion, they refuse to be open-minded and then they um, don't own their own actions. Hmm. Uh, that's a good point. People that are, that vote bitter, 
at least say you're doing it. You're pissed, whatever the reason is. Um, Correct. Do you think juries ever get it wrong or do you think the right person always wins because that's just part of the game? The right person always wins because that vote, that finale night is nothing more than a snapshot in time. So Mm -hmm. if you look at each of our lives, you know, we have good days, we have bad days, we have good moments, we have bad moments. And for whatever reason, at that moment, at that specific time, that person did whatever they needed to do to be in the right place and get that correct number of votes. So if the voting was earlier in the day, they might not win. If the voting was a week later, things might change. But at that moment, during that snapshot, they did whatever they had to do to win. Hmm. Well, speaking of different opinions on the jury, were there heated discussions? Can, were there Was there any tension yes. in that sense? Yes, there were heated discussions. There was no physical altercation, but it, 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 but that, um, let me see how I can say this, but there were times where they had to take breaks. There were times wow. where the breaks were required. Wow. How, how long do you film? Is it a whole day? Is it a few hours? Hours. It is long. It is really, really long. Uh, multiple breaks. I mean, it's a giant crew. It's a beautiful set. Um, you know, again, it takes a solid hour for them to even be open-minded. I mean, they're just, they have poster. I've been there. I know what it's like. Their, their fight or flight, you know, their autonomic system is just through the roof. Like they are in this mode where they are afraid of being tricked and they're afraid of being made foolish. And they're afraid of, of looking dumb and they're afraid to go back into the real world. And so it takes a good hour to even get people to reasonably open up and kind of think, think out things from someone else's perspective. Hmm. I know you can't say much, but can you say like who maybe was the most vocal person there? The people who are the most vocal are the people that you think are the most vocal, right? <laughs> like there, I mean, you, uh, this jury was by far the most intelligent jury because mm-hmm. many years I host the jury roundtable and they're just, you know, they're like in week two when you, you know, put, and it's like, guys, please tell us three months ago. No, we're not talking about that. Like we're talking about the final three people. So they're, you know, if you, if you look at the average IQ in the United States is about a hundred and think about it. What that means is for everyone that you know, who's 105, you also know someone who's 95, right? So on these juries, you know, we see a smattering of IQs and, you know, on average, I think this jury had the highest IQ of any jury in the last 10 years. They just wow. really, really had um, thought provoking answers. They, they really were, you know, emotionally connected, emotionally, they had emotional quotient. This really seemed to be um, assessing things from a really reasonable perspective. And you'll have to I have to apologize for my hesitation. I want to make sure that I don't say anything I shouldn't say um, because I'm a fan of the show. And I think the best part of the show is getting to watch it unfold. I'm not a fan of spoilers, not a fan of giving things away. And so I want you all to enjoy the jury roundtable as much as I enjoyed hosting it. Yeah. I mean, that's totally fair. Um, Maybe I'll ask some questions around it, but for example, I remember big Meech like broke into tears during a jury roundtable. Was there anything like that? And then how also do you handle like when people get emotional when you're sitting there? Trying well, to I mean, that, that question, how do you people, how do you handle people getting emotional, Sharon? I mean, people are emotional in your life too, right? You give them some grace and some courtesy and give them some space and ask everyone else to just take a minute and let them breathe. So, you know, they're, they're, it, it's really a lot more difficult than people think. And 
if you don't believe me, if you're listening or watching this right now and you don't believe that it is very difficult to be in the Big Brother house, apply for Big Brother. <laughs> Everyone in life has an excuse and they want to, you know, why I can't do it. I'm busy. I'm doing this. Then if you can't do it, you can't really understand it. If you're a super fan and you're watching this interview right now, put your money where your mouth is, apply online, get in the Big Brother house, get Sharon to interview you next year and um and impress me that's the single most impressive thing you can do it's it's way more impressive for someone to try and fail than to just you know sit on social media and complain about the house guests i, I really feel for them because it is very challenging to do what they do yeah i know the fans are never happy either way so it's it's very hard to please everybody it's bizarre um, like the fans like if you I, I 22 years and i still don't quite understand this if you are so interested in something that you will devote hours and hours of your week to it why do you complain about it so much i just don't really understand maybe the people who like it the most i mean those do seem to the people who approach me and and the ones who complain online don't seem to be the ones who approach me but it's just there is this element of the big brother fan is different than every other fan out there hmm. yeah it in is philadelphia eagle stadium there is a jail in the stadium because those fans get crazy the Big Brother fans, they need a jail at their house. Like some of the Big Brother fans, they need to calm down. Let's put them in jail for a week. Take a deep breath. It's just a show. Then you can come out of jail and then you can continue watching the show. But if you're viewing this or listening to this, I appreciate you. You're awesome. Please don't visit me or mail me anything. And please bother someone else because Dr. Will is cool with you. <laughs> Okay, so you were famously, you know, not the nicest in your speeches, and it was hilarious, but, um, you know, you, you had some jabs at the jury. What is the key to getting people to vote for you at the end if they just aren't, like, the biggest fan of you? You know, I, there is an element of transparency and being genuine that I think that people have to have. And, mm -hmm. again, I don't want to, you know, we're, we're looking at our final – I'm going to be careful how I say this – you know, uh, if our finalists can own their game and explain what they were doing and um, just be very transparent, I think everyone can respect that. Mm -hmm. Where people run into trouble is they get up there and they start rambling and they say how much I liked everybody and they and you know they're to you know they're goodbye messages are just not very truthful. You know that everyone, no one wants to hear that at this point. Like they've all been through a lot. It's been a really long season. The truth is they want some honesty and they want um, people to own up to what they did because you can't really win the show without making some some difficult decisions. And I think that uh, the jury members deserve an explanation at this point. Yeah. So I didn't do a great job answering your question, but the answer is um, the single best way to win the show is to be really honest at the end, brutally honest. Own your game, explain what you did. And even if it's going to hurt feelings, people will respect that much more than you sort of masquerading and pretending um, that you did things that you that you didn't or doing things that you didn't want to do. Yeah. I mean, people can see right through that, too. I think <laughs> you just got to own your shit. Um, I agree with that. Uh, exactly. wait, let's talk about competitions because you famously threw a lot and, you know, you still won. Um, I'm sure this probably came up, but Jag, you know, is I think seven record-breaking veto wins um the most vetoes of anybody in the history of american big brother correct yes yes how much well first of all do you think big brother has kind of well we've seen them gear more toward physical competitions do you think 
that's just the evolution of the game? Or do you think we should make them a little bit more equitable for the people that are maybe older or not as physically fit? I think that um, the onus is on the player to do whatever they can to get by week to week. So, you know, if you're going to be a physical threat, you're going to display that and you're going to win games. Well, that's wonderful for you in the short term, but you might be putting a much big target on your back. Now, I do have to stop here for a second and just point something out. And the fans, the fans, you know, there's an element of fandom that says, you know, she's the comp queen. He's the comp king. It's like, guys, some of the comps don't kill the messenger. They're just, you know, it's like rolling a ball in a hole. Like there's a, there's a lot of luck in, in some of the comps, right? right? A lot. And also the other, the other thing to remember is that as the game goes on and on and there's fewer and fewer people, well, statistically, you know, if you win a veto and it's the first week, maybe you, you know, maybe you defeated 15 other people. If you win the veto and it's week, you know, whatever, 12, well, you beat two people. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not They're like, oh my God, I can't believe how many, how many vetoes Jag has. Yeah, there's no one left. I mean, it's not that hard statistically. You have a one in three chance if there's three people, you know, there's four people, you have a one in four chance. It's just not that statistically difficult. Now, on top of it, if people are throwing the competitions, it's really easy statistically to win vetoes. And you see, you've seen that in so many seasons. I'm always baffled when people say this person was a comp beast. Yeah. Half the people were throwing the competition. He beat three people. It's not, this isn't the, you know, this isn't the NFL, right? Like it's not that difficult to win the competitions. And that's why I was never a fan of it. Hmm. If you win the competition, you are putting yourself on center stage. You're telling everyone that you have this athletic prowess and now you have, you know, really put a target on your back. (laughs) And you have to then nominate people of one of which is going to be extremely unhappy. So it just, it doesn't make sense to me from a statistical perspective to try to win a ton of competitions. Hmm. Um, Yes. It has proven well for some players in these seasons, but for me personally, I'm just not the biggest fan of winning competitions unless you absolutely have to. I think a lot of it comes down to being able to explain your game at the end. Like it is easier to explain comp wins, but like if you didn't and you were throwing comps and you were making more strategic moves, like you have to be good at explaining that, right? A hundred percent. I mean, the comps are contextual. Some are much more challenging than others. So you can't just say he won seven competitions. I mean, how many people threw those? How many of those were not hard to win? Like it it just, the, the numbers aren't there. Yeah. So as a, that's not to take anything away from Jag. I mean, it is extremely difficult to win seven. It's just not as difficult as people hmm. kind of think because you see it on paper and you're like seven. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, there's no one left and other people were throwing them. So it's not really seven. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. Um, in terms of when you were a juror and you're thinking about like a winner, are you thinking about comp wins? Are you thinking more about like, do I like this person or strategically they were good? Like what? Yeah, it's, con- it's contextual. You know, it's my job as the host of the jury roundtable to explain to them, you have to be objective. This has to be data driven. It has to be objective. It shouldn't be subjective. If it's going to be subjective for you, just own it. Just say that. Just say I'm bitter and I'm going to vote against you. But if you're doing the right thing and if you're really, you know, fulfilling your obligation and the reason you signed up for the show, then it is your duty to vote for the person who best embodies the big brother 25 champion. And um, again, like that, now that they, 
they can have some time to think about it a little bit on their own and hopefully come to the right decision. You know, we've seen it year, you know, we've seen it many, many times where people vote for the wrong person. And then they'll even publicly say after the fact, I voted for the wrong person. But in that moment in time, the winner did whatever they had to do to garner that vote. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, another big topic that people are talking about is that Jag was unanimously voted out earlier in the game. I'm assuming this also came up at the round table, but do you think that should be a factor? Should that be like a ding in his game? Or is it like, well, this is big brother. There are twists. There are these dumb powers, but like, we just have to accept that's part of the game. Sharon, do you think that should be in a ding in his game? Or do you think that's just like one of those twists? There's a dumb power. And that's just like something in his game. I, I think I'm torn. And I think it matters who he's sitting next to and how much that person also did. And I'm obviously speaking about Jag, but like, I'm torn about it, to be honest. You And you should be. And the jury is too. Remember when during COVID the um, Lakers with LeBron won the NBA championship? Is that, you know, did they really win the NBA championship? Like they were playing alone in an empty stadium in a shortened season. Like at the very least, you have to raise an eyebrow and say, is this person a true champion if Jag was to win, right? Let's say we're running the Boston Marathon, you and I, and uh, we realize there's not enough room on the sidewalk. So the people running with us were like, Sharon, you got to leave. There's no room. And you, you, you know, step off the sidewalk and you, you know, you step on the grass and you have now, you know, been eliminated from the Boston marathon, but then you get on one of those lime scooters and you go around the corner and you pass us and you get back on the marathon and you win the whole marathon. Right. And they're like, Sharon just won the Boston marathon. Would never happen. I don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Right. Like maybe you're going to get the medal and you're the winner of the Boston marathon, or maybe all of us jogging are like, Hey, you know, we, she took the scooter and the lime thing. I outsmarted you. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I really don't know. It's not my job to decide that I'm not a jury member. I'm the host of the jury roundtable. And if you're passionate about this, apply for big brother 26. Without saying names, do you think someone might vote better? this year? Yeah. I, I mean, someone might vote bitter all the time. I mean, I think, I, I think they have to take this in and let it breathe and just see what happens. But yes, there is the very real chance that some of these people are going to be, they are bitter. So they might vote bitter. Hmm. I do want to address uh, some, you know, some rumors from uh, probably big brother seven, specifically this like jury break out golf cart bar situation. I think it was like, you, Danielle, Chicken George, James Ryan. What can you say about that? And it obviously influenced the game because now jury is very, very strict, I think. So, Cher, I'm not trying to get credit for anything that – I'm not trying to take credit for anything that I don't deserve. But if you look back at Big Brother, there's a number of different elements that I, you know, purposely or accidentally influenced. And, you know, it is – there are people who go on big brother and once they're on the jury, they do exactly like they're supposed to. And it's cookie cutter and, and it's cookbook. And, and there's other, you know, there's some people just, you can't hold them back. And chicken George is an example of that. Like that guy's a maniac. And when you put him in a jury house, you know, um, he's going to let his freak flag fly high. And that may or may not, or may be what happened. Okay. So we're blaming chicken George in this situation. I wasn't involved. That's for sure. Okay. All right. You weren't involved. Um, well, speaking of it, it's been over 20 years. Like, and I think I know the answer to this question, but like, is there anyone that you'd still talk to or you 
moved on. I thought, I mean, I'm, an, I'm extremely uh, friendly with the producers. Um, you know, there's a, a number of different projects that I've been in contact with them about. Um, so, you know, Rich, Allison, Don, Chris, like really, really, Sean, really, really great people there. Um, they're in close contact with me and they're personal friends. In terms of the contestants on the show, um, I'm not in touch with anyone. I mean, someone will text me or like Howie will send me like an inappropriate meme occasionally and I enjoy that. But uh, no, I'm not in close contact with anyone else. And, and there's a reason for that, which is it's contextual, right? Like you spend these time with these people and you think you know them and then out of the context, it's a different context. But again, this isn't to disparage anyone who's been on any reality show, but you know, I'm, a, I'm a physician and, uh, and a dermatologist and I work in the aesthetic world. So that's more where my, um, you know, professional and personal relationships lie is within my actual given profession as opposed to, you know, the entertainment industry. Yeah, that's what I figured. But in terms of like your seasons, if you come across clips, like, do you watch them? Do you think they're funny? Like, what do you, what do you think about watching them back? Have you watched them back? Have your kids seen them? Or you're like, uh, no, that's uh, a different life. <laughs> no, my, when people come up to me and they're with my kids and I'm with my kids, it's, you know, they, after that person walks away, my kids are always like, what was that? Like, they don't really quite understand. They don't watch Big Brother. I mean, my kids are 11 and 13. They're, they're obviously super smart and they, you know, we've watched Survivor, but um, they don't really, it's not really discussed and we don't really review it. So in terms of the kids, it's just kind of like, you know, no one really knows what their parents were like, right? Like think about your own life. Like everyone thinks their parents are just sort of their parents. They don't really think of them in a different, different time and a different life. So to answer that part of the question, I'm doing a terrible job answering it. I don't even know what the question was. What's your question, Sharon? No, it's fine. Like it, when you come across clips, do you watch them? Like, oh, uh, no, I don't come across clips. I mean, I don't, I mean, if you ever watch season two of Big Brother, it's like watching like a Civil War documentary. Like it's, the audio is bad. It's like blurry. Like it was a different time. It was before social media. It's, I, I, I mean, I think it's hard to watch. It's too bad there isn't a way to modernize that that technology so that people could go back and watch season two. But if they could, I, I think they would see like the most raw, the most real version of unscripted TV because no one on big brother two could have been an influencer or could, you know, we didn't know any better. So it was just a much more pure show. Yeah. I'm not saying that's good. I'm not saying it's bad, but there definitely weren't as many affected personalities because these days with the current cancel culture, the, the players are so worried about how they're going to be perceived and so worried about what they're going to say that they have to kind of keep a wall up at all times. And, and that's not great. Like, I wish I wish they could be a little bit more open and honest, but it's the world we live in. Yeah. And that's usually why people crack, because how do you put up a wall for 100 days? Like, it's horrible. Probably. I mean, the, the I thanked the jury members last night and I said, thank you for providing, you know, hundred days of your life. I mean, you can literally commit a crime and not go to jail for 100 days. So um, this is a big, I mean, it's a big, big, big um, personal responsibility to carry that on your back, to provide entertainment for that long. Yeah. Um, I would be remiss to skip over the fact that you said you do sometimes check out Survivor with your kids. I'm sure the Survivor fans that are watching are like, oh my God, Dr. Will watches Survivor. How, how big of a fan are you? Or are you just more of a casual, like, oh, and it's on, I, you know, I can't. Uh, if so... At the beginning, so if there, we've watched very few seasons. We did watch the last season, um, and, and that was great. And I watched it with my uh, family, and then we bet at the beginning of the season, and none of us picked um, 
um, Yam Yam. None of us picked him to win. We were big fans. I mean, he was even better as the show went on. But, um, but you know, we watch it and um, uh, how can I, what am I going to say about this? I have to be careful. Um, and we don't, we're not super fans. We don't watch every season. But if we watch a season, we watch the entire season start to finish and we bet at the beginning of the season. And that's how I'm going to leave it. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, well, I, I have to ask, because I'm assuming, and I know based on sources, of course, um, that you've been asked to return to Big Brother many, many times. Have you ever seriously considered it or has that always been kind of, no? So not judging anyone else, but um, I think it's, I think if you have children, you know, school age children, me personally, just me, um, I think you send a terrible message to your children if you go on Big Brother. And that's just how I feel. I don't think that, yeah, I, if they see mom or dad on TV, even if they've kind of signed off on it, then there is that subliminal message, which is mom and dad are saying it's more important for me and my ego to be away from you and to entertain strangers than it is for me to be in your life. So um, I won't be a contestant on a competitive reality TV show probably ever again, but I certainly wouldn't do it until my kids are out of high school. Not judging anyone else. I want to make that really, really clear. I really don't need 500 complaints saying that, um, that I am judging people's relationship with their children. I'm not doing that. I'm saying just for me personally, it's not a great fit. Um, the, and also if I'm just being honest, like I really love what I do. I love, I'm just really passionate about dermatology. I'm passionate about science. Um, I've had a great run with reality TV. You know, they, they always say Sharon that like the saddest thing is an old athlete who doesn't know when to retire. And I think there's something sadder and that is a reality personality who doesn't know when to retire and keeps going back and back and back and losing and losing and losing. And again, I'm not trying to get philosophical, but there is a difference between um, laughing with people and being laughed at. And at some point, if you keep going on the shows and you keep losing and you keep and you base your whole life on it, um, I have to be so careful how I say this. It just to me personally, only my opinion, it does strike me as sad, right? Like you're trying to fill some sort of void rather than, um, you know, learning, learning from it. Not everyone wins, like no matter how many tra- how many times you want to win, you know, there is a huge element of luck involved. So there are times where no matter how much you try, you're not going to win and it's out of your hands. And even if you keep going on over and over and over, it's just not it's not your destiny. Yeah. Anyway, I had a great run and uh, who knows when that run will end. I've you know, it's still fun. But right now, for me personally, I'm not going to be a player on a competitive show. Wow. Okay. Cause you're kind of crushing people's dreams right now. Like what happens if they do an dreams die, Sharon dreams die. You know, I wanted to be an NBA player, but um, I'm not good at basketball. So, some, you know, like that kind of hurt my chances. So um, no, I, listen, I am involved in reality TV. I, you know, big brother, I've had a 10 year run. If you want go watch the book of Boba Fett on Disney plus dreams come true. I was an extra on that featured extra Corrales, the bounty hunter. But anyway, I do entertainment stuff here and there, but you know, my passion in life is my family and my business. So is it annoying when you see like, Oh, we need Dr. Will to go in there against Derek and Dan and all these big players. Like we need him there. Is that flattering? Or are you just like, I'm tired of hearing this? It's just, I mean, it just doesn't 
it's nothing. It just doesn't. I mean, who who cares? So what? I mean, so what? Like it's. I, I just don't care. There's a. We're at a time in society where everyone wants this opinion and they want this voice and they want to. You know, there's all these platforms and they're obligate talkers and they're spewing drivel. It's okay to not have an opinion. So when people say, "Hey, I think you should do this," it's like you know what I. Um, am wildly more successful than I ever dreamed. I'm really stable and happy. I have wonderful friendships and relationships and family and pets and uh, career and colleagues. I'm doing pretty good. You know what I mean? Like things like all things considered, I'm doing pretty good. And you can, you know, just buy your bagel and not bother me and my kids here at the bagel factory, that kind of thing, you know? So if you see your name on like lists of best players or best whatever, do you laugh about it? Do you ignore it? Do you, are you like, oh, that's kind of cool. The, I mean, the, so here's the thing. The, what is the best player? What's the best player, Sharon? What, how do you define that? Like what's the best player? Someone who won the most comps, someone who won the show, who knows, right? Subjective, yeah. Can I tell you my answer? The best player is the most entertaining player because mm-hmm. why are we watching this show? for entertainment value. It's no different than your than your interviews you're doing right now, right? Like you could interview the you know the biggest winner in the history of you could interview whoever tomorrow, but if they don't provide entertainment, what are we doing? Because the reason that people go on TV is to entertain and the reason people watch TV is to be entertained. So if you think back to some winners, they they look, they won the show, they did the right thing at the time, they absolutely deserve to win that season. But are they charismatic? Are they funny? Are they interesting? Are they good looking? Do they give you romance, intrigue, suspense? It's hard, hard, hard to do that. And if you look at it, very few people do. You'll have someone who's good at comps and then they yell in the diary room and they're boring. You'll have someone who, you know, is very um, you know, paranoid at all time and then they win the show. It's like who like every show's different, you know, it's, it's just different. And but ultimately, if they're not entertaining you, if they're not entertaining you, they're not doing a good job. So there's plenty of fans, you know, most assuredly who didn't like me when I played. There's plenty of fans who did like me, but ultimately I hope they can respect my enthusiasm for what I tried to provide because all I can do is be me and provide the best entertainment I can provide. And um, if you don't like that, that is okay. That's totally fine. Um, You're entitled to your opinion. But all I can do is try to provide great entertainment. And I think I accomplished that. For me personally, I sleep well at night knowing I left it all out there and I did the best I personally could do. Mm, I love that. Okay. Um, in terms of though, is there anyone that you look at and you're like, they're a little overrated? Are you literally just not thinking about Big Brother? I mean, there's people who are way overrated. And the way you can tell this is who did they beat? Like you'll have, you'll see winners from past seasons and it's like, oh, they're the best winner. Who did they beat? The random guy with the puka shell, like I'm there. It's one thing, like I respect when someone goes back for the second time and tries again if they've already won. Fully yeah. respect that. Fully, fully, fully respect that. If you, you know, are so scared to go back in and play again, then you're probably not great at this. I know some fans are going to say, "Well, Doctor Will, you're speaking out of both sides of your mouth. You're saying some people shouldn't continuously go on, but if you don't continuously go on," Well, then you're a coward. I'm not saying that. My point is this. There, there's a sweet spot and you have to find it. And if you're a true champion and a true legend, well, you'll you'll make sure that you're not a one-hit wonder and you'll go try it again. You don't have to spend your whole life 
trying to do it over and over and over. But I, I have a lot of respect for people who've won the show and give it another shot. Hmm. Okay. Um, there's Can I reverse that question on you, Sharon? What, what, we talked about Jag got it voted out unanimously and then he got to come back. And if he was to win, would he have an asterisk? Let me ask you this. The same question goes to people who were on the show once, lost, and then got to come back. Does that person qualify as a true champion? Because if I went to my middle school biology class right now and I didn't get all A pluses, well, then that's on me, right? Like if you've done something once, you should be better at it the next time you do it. You're a phenomenal reporter. I'm sure your worst story was your first story, right? Like you probably got incrementally better over the last few years. So I have to ask, if you see somebody who was on Big Brother, they didn't win, they come back another season, they win that season, do are they a real deserving winner? Or, you know, like it seems like if you get to practice ahead of time, it's almost unfair. Yeah, I mean Jan Tharp, what say you? That is tough, right? Because people say that about Cody, like, oh, he learned from his first season and came back and he did, and he did a great job. So, like, do I ding him for it? No, I mean that's just um, same thing with like Nicole, she didn't win. She came back. She learned from her mistakes and won. Do I put them in the same tier as other people? I don't know. It's, it's really subjective. I, I don't I know. Want an answer, Sharon Tharp. I want an answer right now. I mean, you're kind of giving us an answer, but you're not, I mean, like, it sounds to me like you put them in a second tier. I don't know. That's not, that's not necessarily true. I also think someone like Dan, he won the first time, came back, got so close and kind of messed it up at the end. So like, do I ding him for that? I don't, it's tough. I don't know. Did he mess up at the end or are you underestimating Ian? Well, I mean, he came in with no physical attributes, very few social attributes and say what you want, but he evolved as the season went on. He got better and better and better. And if you look at, if you go back and watch that season, I don't know what season it was. They brought me in that season and they said like mid season. And they said, who do you think is going to win? I said, I think Ian's going to win. I, for, and, I remember. I, you know, and, and I, the reason I thought that is because, Everyone else went in uh, at a certain level and it was a high level and they didn't um, they didn't put their foot on the gas. Ian quietly observed, quietly realized that he needed to uh, improve on his you know player characteristics and that's what he did and he peaked at the perfect time. His final speech, was a bloodbath and that was impressive you know it's like the red wedding in the game of thrones so say what you want like no one's going to line up here right now and go ian's the best of all time ian's the best of all time but at that day at that moment he had his day in the sun yeah i mean that's fair i think yeah i think dan dropped the ball with his speech which i like agree with you that ian did a way better job and then there's the whole thing about like the jury never wanted dan to win anyway they didn't want like a repeat winner so that's like a whole separate issue but let me ask you this, when Dan went on from, who did Dan beat in his first season who was a phenomenal competitor? I mean, well, he was sitting next to Memphis, right? Or Memphis? Why can I remember this? So he was sitting next to Memphis. Is Memphis a great player? Uh, no. Um, He has some attributes of a great player, but I don't, he's not, it's not a game that I like to watch. Like I prefer watching Dan because he was a little more entertaining in the diary room. Like what you were saying about entertainment, I do think that's important and plays into who your favorite players are, right? So. I mean, the last season of Survivor was phenomenal because the most interesting player won. You might not like Yam Yam, mm. but he was very, very entertaining and um, he won the show. And again, I don't know if he deserved to win too or, or not. He certainly did what it took at that moment to win the, to win it. 
but um, he was entertaining the whole season. So I don't know. I feel like if you watch a show and the person isn't, again, I'm going to repeat myself. If the person doesn't provide you with entertainment, then even if they won, that's fine for them. But you've kind of wasted your summer. If you, if you watch the show and, and you know, you weren't entertained, then you just walked away from, you know, you just gave your time up. Sharon, I want to make a statement here and I hope people listen to this and I want you to record it and you can put a star by it. I promise you, I promise you, no one has ever been on their deathbed and their families around them. And they said, you had this long life. What do you wish you had done differently? What do you wish you had done? And they, no one has ever said, I wish I had watched more TV. I wish I had watched more reality TV. That's just never happened. It's never going to happen. So we all have only a certain amount of time on earth. And if you're not, if you're watching TV and you're not being entertained during that time, well, something is wrong, right? Like we have a problem. And so everyone who goes on these shows needs to entertain. You need to be good in the diary room. You need to be funny. You need to be sexy. You better work out. You better work on your abs. You better like there is pressure to perform. You better do a good job or the fans will let you know. And ultimately we'll all know. And you have to ask what you want your life legacy to be. So, uh, you know, I want every single person listening to this to apply to Big Brother, apply to Survivor, apply to The Amazing Race, get on and let it all out. Like do a really good job being entertaining for my for my own satisfaction, for my own selfish requests and for your legacy as a person. Even if you lose, I will respect you if you entertain. But even more importantly, you'll respect yourself. Hmm. Yeah, I kind of changed my opinion about, I mean, not changed my opinion, but Cameron, for example, didn't like him in the house. But when he got, you know, a little power and started playing to the cameras a little bit, it was fun. It, it was fun. Um, he, I mean, I want to be very careful because I want to make sure that people do understand that I am unbiased. But I would be fascinated to see Cameron's psychological profile. I think he is probably exceedingly, exceedingly intelligent. Um, was he the best big brother player? No. Yeah. Best social game. Definitely not. I am interested in his IQ. I think he's probably a very, very smart person. Hmm. Very interesting. Okay. Um, you mentioned other reality shows. Can you say like which ones you've turned down or which ones you've been? If you, I mean, here's the thing. If you are, if there's a, if there is a reality show where they bring past reality personalities back and you are a white heterosexual man on that show you weren't their first choice <laughs> i was i was their first choice and and that's okay right like i i mean i am you know you gotta um make them work for it a little bit so you know i i think probably one of the reasons that i've been hosting the jury roundtable for a decade is because they you know respect that i'm going to try to entertain and i'm going to give an a plus effort every single time and be 100 percent enthusiastic, but I also have life constraints and I'm not going to, you know, come in as a contestant. So needless to say, um, I think producers on different shows respect that, um, you know, that I can't just make myself freely available at every, you know, every uh, producer's whim. Pre-gaming. Now, this is something that happens in every returning season of reality television, especially because you're people talk. This is like, why are we ignoring this? But there is, you know, this famous pregame alliance in Big Brother 7. Maybe you saw the call sheet. There was a legion of dupes. Like, there was a lot of rumors around that. Can you talk about that? And do you think pregaming is beneficial? Do you think we should avoid it? Like, what do you think about pregaming? 
I mean, um, we've broken the fourth wall with reality television, right? Like Big Brother 2, we went in, we, were, we weren't allowed to see anyone else. You literally, when you walked in, that was the first time we'd ever seen each other. You know, by the time the genre has evolved, well, now this is, you know, like a Tom Cruise Mission Impossible movie because we're, you know, it's three-dimensional. And instead of just walking in the house and playing as best you can, well, now there's outside elements. And, you know, that does that violate contracts? Yeah, and if you, you know, if that is enforced well you should be removed from the game does it um undermine entertainment it, it could it certainly certainly could i mean pre-gaming um can undermine you know what people are trying to accomplish which is entertainment um i don't remember the guy's name but if you remember there was a famous survivor villain and he was constantly leaking information and that do you know what i'm talking russell? about who is it was it russell i don't know the guy's name there was a there maybe but there was a, like, he had been on multiple seasons and he was really good and he couldn't quite win. And he would leak information to, to different, you know, sources. And that bothered me so much because um, you're taking away the entertainment value from the fans, right? Like, it's not, it's not funny. It's not, you're not the God of mischief, Loki, calm down there. You're not, you're just, you're taking away something special that we all deserve as fans. So my analogy here is that, or my point here is that pre-gaming might do the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying I, I wouldn't do it. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. What I, my point is if you pre-game, you are probably undermining the um, purpose of the show and you're probably removing entertainment elements. And the only reason we watch, I promise, the only reason we watch is to be entertained. So anything you do that removes some entertainment value from it, well, you're just, you you know, you'll lose respect and it undermines what we as fans want to accomplish. Fair. It also doesn't always help. Like it, it can blow up in your face pretty quickly. Of course. But I mean, that, I mean, it's just, it's human nature to go down the path of least resistance. And, you know, we're all just sort of like hairless little, you know, mammals on this planet. And uh, we all, you know, we all want to feel comfortable. So pre-gaming is a natural mammalian instinct, right? Like you want to feel comfortable with your tribe and, you know, partner up with people who can protect you from these saber toothed tigers metaphorically and, you know, with our reptilian brains. And so I get it. I 100% get it. But um, again, it, it, it's a knee jerk reaction. It might not help you and it might undermine the entertainment value of the endeavor. Fair. I, I'm curious, Dr. Well, I was going to call you well. Uh, do you think you're, you could play the same game you did today? Like, or is the game completely changed where it wouldn't work? I mean, it constantly evolves when people say that I couldn't play now because my game wouldn't work. I would evolve. I mean, right. that's the whole point. Like you'd have to be agile. So, you know, it, people say like, you're terrible at comps. The comps are rolling a ball into a hole, right? Like I'm not, I'm great at carnival games. I can win the big prize every time. So the, there, and I'm very comfortable. It, it's not like it's an insult to me when someone says you're not good at big brother comps, you know, it's like, Okay. So what? So what? That is not that that is not the big bearing. So anyway, to answer your question, if I went on Big Brother, I would have to evolve. And at this day and age, I mean, people would know that I was, you know, that my old strategy, you know, couldn't be employed. So I'd have to do better at the comps. I'd selectively pick comps that I thought I needed to win. And uh, I would just do a much better job, um, you know, making sure that I had a uh, a balanced um, arsenal. Hmm. 
Do do players ever hit you up before they go in the house for advice? All the time. Yeah. All the time. I actually, one time, I didn't enforce this. Well, the person didn't win. But one time, a um, I had someone sign a contract that they had to give me 10% of the winnings uh, if they won the show. And the person got on, and they didn't win. But uh, but if they didn't win, they didn't have to give me anything. Do you, can you say what season that was? No, I can't say anything else. Okay. I can't talk okay. about that. Uh, Turns out CBS doesn't like that stuff. Just, no. <laughs> right, who knew? Right? Who knew? Here's that little emoji. What's the deal with this group chat that you have with Dan and Dirk? Is it actually active? Like, when's the last time this was this was active? What is it? Didn't isn't there like a group chat with you, Dan and Dirk? Isn't that a thing that people talk about? Is this real? No. Do you have a group chat with any other people from Big Brother? No, I mean I've texted. I no, I mean I'll I'll have a text exchange with somebody or a DM with somebody every year, but there's certainly not a, no. Okay. Okay. Curious. Um, What is it? Tell me, what is it in a text chat group? I just remember years ago, this is many, many years ago, like literally almost 10 years ago. I was, I think I interviewed Dan or one of them. And there was like a group chat with, I think you were involved, but again, this is many years ago. So I was wondering. what What happens is, there's a lot of, listen, I've been doing this so long, 22 years. So there's all these, you know, fanboys out there, you know, the stands out there and someone will DM me or see me or get, I mean, there was a crazy incident near my kid's school where there was, this is about two years ago. There was, I was taking my kids to get ice cream and these two dudes, these two sweaty inebriated dudes burst out of this pizza joint and like ran up and grabbed me. And I, I thought I was being physically accosted. So I went to like punch a guy in the throat. And um, they were like two people who had been on Big Brother who got voted off like a while, like a while back. And um, they were just like freaking out because they saw me. And I was like, you need to chill the fuck out because you're scaring me. And I'm going to, you know, hit you with this metal bar on the ground. Like it was just, it's weird. So anyway, my point is this. It, um, I don't, it's all contextual. So I have a lot of things going on in my head at work with my, you know, all these different aspects of my very fortunate kinetic life. And so I will send a text and not even think about it, but then someone else who is a, you know, a a big brother player and got on the show, they interact with me for a split second and, and it's meaningful to them. No offense at all, but it's just not even, I don't even think of it. It's just not memorable. Hmm. People will come up to me and they're like, Dr. Will, four years ago, I saw you at the Tennessee airport and you asked me if, if I knew where Wetzel's pretzels was. And I was like, the hell did you remember that? Like, I, I mean, that's just meaningless to me, but it meant something to them. And that, you know, and that's true of all of us, right? Like one time I saw Henry Winkler, the Fonz at an airport and a woman had a kitten and he asked if he could pet it and it climbed up on his sweater and scratched him and wouldn't let go of his sweater. And so, um, I still think about that all the time. But if I ran into Henry Winkler today and told him that story, he'd probably be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So anyway, that's probably what you're referencing. Yeah. Do you, do you have any weird, I mean, I don't, I don't condone this, but like, because you are a doctor and dermatologist, like I'm sure people go to you obviously, but do they go to you just because you're Dr. Will from big brother? Um, That has happened. I mean, I've had people who come in and you know, they, they, you know, they'll, they'll book an appointment by the way. Again, this is, I need to make this very, very clear. 
I have been fortunate enough in my career that I am that I don't see patients. So please don't call any of the 128 laserways and ask to see me. That's not going to occur. I, I don't see patients. I train residents and interns. Um, it's a philanthropic thing I do to, you know, to, to help the medical community um, because I'm an associate clinical professor of dermatology. So I take a lot of pride in that. But um, I, I am more on the marketing, branding and business side of aesthetics. So legal disclaimer, you're not going to be able to see me because it doesn't exist. But in the past, when I when I saw a larger patient population, sometimes there have been a few times where people came in and I said, what can I help you with? And they said, look, I have a 30 minute appointment and here's my fee. And I just want to talk to you about Big Brother, about life. I want you to give me advice. I want you to coach me. And I'm like, look, I'm a dermatologist. So oh yeah, we'll just chat. And I'm like, time's up. And then they leave. So that has happened. But for the most part, people who come to see me, even if they recognize it's been 22 years, you know, and you can be good at two things. Warren Buffett, you know, Bill Gates, they have famously said, and I'm just paraphrasing here, that to be an expert in something, you just have to find one thing and be the best in just that one thing. And that's simply not true. Um, you know, that you can be the best reality television personality of all time and be the best dermatologist of all time. It's just really hard and really rare. Do you think you're the best reality TV contestant of all time? Sharon, this is a certificate right here. Hold on. I'm having some lighting issues and everyone can print this out. Okay. So I'm going to give you guys oh, wow. this. Take a screen grab, take a screen grab there, Sharon, post it for them. Okay. okay. Everyone print this out and it says certificate of proof. And then you write your name right here and it says, you know, whatever your name is, Sharon Tharp. We're going to fill this one out for you, Sharon. Okay. Oh, okay, great. Here we go. Do it. S-H-A-R. Hold on. Sharon Tharp has earned the certificate for viewing an interview with Dr. Will and his signature below proves that he was warm, genuine, approachable, and of course is and always will be the best unscripted personality known to all of humanity now and until the end of time. And then when I sign it, this is now true, Sharon. So I am allowing you to, um, you can have this, but fans can print this out. They, they, you know, write their name in it. They forge my signature and that will be irrefutable proof that I'm the greatest reality television personality of all time. There it is in writing. I thought you were mailing this to me. I'll mail it to you. I'll get it to you. Don't okay. worry. Okay. Wow. Mail. I tie it to a pigeon and then the pigeon like, you know, like, <laughs> like Napoleon Dynamite. Pigeon like comes out. And... Wait, so are there any other uh, props you have over there that we didn't get to use? Today? I have a ton of props, you know, like, I mean, if you want to talk about my personal life, this is, I'm a, going to announce this for the first time ever. I hope everyone is sitting down. And this is, you know, I don't want to blame my family for this or my parents or anyone else, but I have an obsession with reptiles and I own the only two-headed turtle in the, of this species, Sternothernus odoratus, in the world. So with no further ado, Sharon. Oh my Thar God, here we go. Um, for those listening, he's getting up to get something. I would like to introduce you to Adam and Steve. Oh my that God. Is Adam and that is Steve. And Adam and Steve are the cutest 
little guys in the entire world. Steve is much more active than Adam. Adam has some very serious health issues, but they both do. Steve bit Adam's foot off. What? So, um, but anyway, I love these little guys. We have so much fun. We take baths together. Not really. That'd be gross. But um, but I, I fantasize about that. But whoa, whoa, Steve's strong. Hold on, Steve. So anyway, here's another quick look. Shan, we talked about entertainment on reality television, right? What? You, how many interviews have you given this season? Too many. Oh, wow. right. How many of those people had a bicephalid, polycephaly, sternothernus, odoratus? You're the only person in the world that has this? The sternothernus odoratus, correct. Now, Sharon, what is, oh, by the way, quick plug, uh, go to Instagram, twoheadedturtle.com, two.headed.turtle.com, and you can look at Adam and Steve. And they have a live turtle cam, but I don't give that out because I don't want people to like hear my phone calls and stuff. Anyway, <laughs> Adam and Steve, there they are. You've heard of Adam and Eve? Oh, I see. Adam and Steve. Okay, let me put them back. They're so much twice. smaller than I thought. Wow. Well, I mean, yeah. give them some time, Sharon. Yeah, how Steve old are they? Like a hater. You're a big brother fan hater, right? Like you're judging Adam and Steve's size. No, I'm just. Just so we're clear. Adam and Steve have two heads, Sharon. <laughs> like their size, their size is the important thing. You're I like, oh, they're small. They have two heads, Sharon, and three legs because Steve bit Adam's leg off. So don't come to me and talk about the size of their carpus or plastron when they have two heads. Oh my gosh. How old are them? How old are they? 16 months. Oh, okay. For full updates, go to twoheadedturtle.com. Hashtag Adam and Steve, the two-headed turtle. Real quick, where did this passion come from? Uh, I love, I love science. I love botany. I love reptiles. I've been, you know, I've been a science nerd forever. So you know, the, the phrase priceless, people don't know what that means. They think that priceless means extremely, extremely expensive. That's not what priceless means. Priceless means there is no price. Hmm. So to me, Adam and Steve are priceless. And also in the interest of full disclosure, they clearly, clearly have some major health issues. I don't know how long they're going to live. Hmm. The species when healthy can live up to 60 years, believe it or not. And I am putting Adam and Steve in my will that my kids have to take care of them after I'm dead if they live that long. They might not. We don't know what their digestive tract looks like. And turns out you can't really get someone to MRI your two-headed bicephalid sternothernus odoratus turtle. It's kind of hard to do. But so I don't really know what's going on with them internally, but I am going to do everything I can to give them a fulfilled life because they give me a fulfilled life and they take care of me. And um, we live in this really messy world, right? Like there's all this war in the middle east and war in europe and politics in america is crazy and you know the and, and you're judging steve and adam based on their carpus oh, size carapace size and you know big brother finale night let me tell you something the world isn't that difficult having a pet that you love is it warms my cockles you know it just makes me really happy and i love those little guys they it gives me a serotonin boost they're just the cutest thing at twoheadedturtle.com, I mean two-headed turtle on Instagram, two dot headed dot turtle. Okay. Will we okay. get daily updates? Well, of course. You can see me weigh them. You can see I have to give them swim lessons because they're really bad at swimming. So their little tank, they live in a tank with like shallow water, but then I have a bigger tank and I put them in the bigger tank and then they're allowed to go swimming, but only with adult supervision. Hmm. And they can't interact with any other turtles. 
No, the species is solitary and it doesn't like being near other turtles. And imagine if you had to, you have a sibling, Sharon? I do, yes. Boy or girl? I have a brother and a sister. Okay, I want you to imagine if I bought a t-shirt, let's just take the shirt you're wearing, and we took your sister and jammed her into it and your two heads were next to each other. That'd be challenging, right? Yes. Yeah, so now imagine if Sharon Tharp is judging the way you look and your oh size on top of that. So the thing is, you are a, rep, a reptilist. That's like, um, that's like being a sexist or you know racist. But you're against reptiles, Sharon. This social culture is here. Anyone watching this, Sharon Tharp is a reptilist. No, I saw a photo that was zoomed in. So I don't know. It looked like they were bigger, and they're they fit in your hand. They're cute. Know. They're the cutest thing you've ever yeah, seen. They're so cute. They're the cutest thing you've ever seen in your whole life. Water temperature, 80 Fahrenheit. Air temperature varies from 78 to 86. It's a whole thing, Sharon. Wow, you go deep. Anyway, in I don't know how long they'll live, but it's been a fun ride and I love them. Very cool. Well, I'm, this this interview took a turn, but I, I don't hate it. I It's very entertaining. I'm into oh, it. Oh, I get crazy. I live on the edge. What other props do you have over there? Anything else? This is just my jungle room. I have the world's biggest and most beautiful Beta Splendus, do you want to meet Blue? Who's that? Blue is my trained Siamese fighting fish. I don't know if you'll be able to see him. Hold on. Oh, there he is. Hi, Blue. He's trained. Watch this. Blue, do you want to eat your lunch? He's sleeping right now. So he's the largest Beta Siamese fighting fish in probably in the world right now. He's also one of the oldest. He's sleeping. He doesn't wake up right now. But he oh. is absolutely gorgeous. You can't really appreciate his color. He's bright, as the name suggests, blue. Let's see if he wakes up. Blue, you want to wake up? I don't want to bother him too much. But um, yeah, that's also in my jungle room. And then I have, you know, this is just the room where I do my science. I have a microscope and I do my science in here. Wow. Are those, so those are your pets? Uh, you have uh, the turtle, the fish. <sighs> Sharon, I have an addiction to botany and reptiles. So I don't really want to get into that on this call, but I am way too into it. Okay. I, well, when your profession is selectively keeping two-headed turtles alive, just that's a weirdo. Let's just acknowledge <laughs> that, okay? Hey, I, I didn't say it. You said it. Yeah, um, no, I listen, I'm fully, I own who I am, you know? And there's, I, I don't, you know, I don't do drugs. I don't drink. I, I don't like caffeine. I love turtles. I mean, that's cool. As you get older, yeah. you learn what you like and you don't like Right. I mean, it could, there could, things could be way worse. Things could be way, hey, listen, there's some former Big Brother winners. Their lives have not gone well. Pestilence, arrest, you know, the like, it has gone bad for some people. For me, I like turtles. Yeah, you got turtles. Everything's yeah. good. I don't even know how to transition from turtles to anything else, but I have a question for you. Um, I always ask my guests to give me, you know, some exclusive tea or story that, from their time on reality TV that we don't know. And I feel like you've pretty much exhausted every, you know, we've known everything about you, but well, at least your time on reality TV. But I do have a question because sources are telling me that we may see you on reality TV in some capacity rather soon. Can you confirm or can you tease anything about that? <laughs> I have to pass on that question, Sharon Dark. Listen, I get, I get, um, I, I get, overtures all the time and you know i'm not one to kiss and tell 
I'm not going to be a competitive. I'm not going, I'm retired from competition, right? Like I'm not going to go back and do that, yeah. but you know, I'm part of shows and I love it. Okay. So that's all we got today. That's what you mm-hmm. got. Even though you I get what you, get and you don't get upset. Okay. That's fair. Was there anything Do you know about uh, the toothbrush song I created? Uh, no. Toothbrush. So we have a song, you know, for birthdays. It's wildly popular. And um, I have given many pieces of intellectual property to the universe for free. The word showmance, you know, these different things. But I have created the toothbrush song. And I am giving it out for free because I want people to brush their teeth appropriately. And it doesn't get enough love, this song. So I'm going to sing it for you. And then I'd like you to put it on the interview. And then hopefully it'll catch on. It'll spread all over the world. And then children will learn it. and It'll help with dentition. Are you ready, Sharon Tharp? I, I guess I am. Yeah. And again, I am of sane mind and body. I just want to make sure that I give you a different interview than you've ever had in the past. You, who's the biggest person you've ever interviewed, Sharon? Who's the bi- most important person you've ever written about, interviewed, whatever? I don't know. Meghan Markle, maybe? Meghan Markle has nothing on me because entertainment value, right? She's actually extremely entertaining, but she doesn't have, you know, not purposely. But anyway, with no further ado, here's the toothbrush song, okay? okay? Here we go. I have to memorize it. I just, I mean, I wrote it, but keep your mouth spick and span. It is not your garbage can. Every day you have to floss to show cavities who's boss. Take your time. Don't make haste. You can even choose your pace. Twice a day, no matter what, you brush your teeth and wow. wash your butt. And that's it. And you, you do that twice back to back while you brush your teeth. And then you do it twice a day. And if I can get every child in the world to memorize that song, then the world will be a better place. And that is my legacy. And that's what I'm giving to all the fans out there today in the universe is my intellectual property. And I call it the Dr. Will toothbrush song. Wow. Are we going to make a music video? For that one. I, the certificate you'll have to print out on okay. your own. Okay, I'll do that. I actually yeah. don't hate that because I'm a big hygiene freak and I don't think people brush their teeth properly. Oh, Sharon, you're going to be in bed tonight? Like, keep your mouth spick and span. It is not your garbage can. Every day you have to floss to show cavities who's boss. Take your time. Don't make haste. You can even choose your pace twice a day no matter what. You brush your teeth. Oh, my. And your butt. And wash that butt. There you go. Sharon Thorpe is already singing it. I think we're making progress. By this time next year, children all over the world will be singing it. And then we will be fighting cavities. Me, you, Sharon Tharp. We're taking this to the next level. Why do you We're just going to come in and talk about a potential legend season. But no, you learned the toothbrush song. And you met Adam and Steve today, Sharon. Sharon, what is the definition of a legend? Uh, someone who has made an impact, maybe? I did. Is that, like, if I typed out that transcript, would it say, like, someone who's made an impact and then there's like a question mark like the way your inflection was like you don't even believe what you're saying yeah i don't know what a legend is people are like hey is there going to be a legend season is there going to be a legend season? i don't know what a legend season i don't know what that is what is that i think it's just a way game, to say people who didn't win the game <laughs> yeah exactly there you go i mean that's the thing it's like should we call it the people who are unemployed season people who don't love their kids season like what, what season is it right like it's you can't have you, I don't want to hear the word legend until someone can define it, right? Do you have to have won the show to be a legend? Do you have to? Yes or no, Sharon? 
Oh, you're putting this on me? Yes. The I fans mean, that I want to know, the fans are, you know, I'd rather have them ask you questions than come after me. I think they're tears. Uh, most legends won the show, right? And okay. then tears who like. Wait, stop. Full stop. You said most legends won the show. Okay. So then if you're going to go through that pile of people, who is a legend? Who Tell me who's a legend who won the show. Like memorable people who made an impact and, and changed maybe. You said they had to have won the show. So tell me who. Oh name my name. God. Uh, I'm not used to it's being. It's hard, right? Me. I mean, that's the problem. It's easy to go. I want a legend season. What does that mean? What is? No one can tell me what it means. I mean, I can tell you what it means for like Big Brother fans and probably CBS. But for me, Wait, I don't hit know. me. Go ahead and hit me. It just means people that. The name, fans... Sharon. Give me a name. Oh, oh, you want to give me? Okay, okay. Um, all right. For example, someone like Daniel Reyes, for example. Didn't win, probably should have. Well, should have because America. Why did she win? Why did she not win? Because the jury got to go home, right? And and look and watch the show. I think there was bias there. I think the jury was incredibly biased. I think yeah, one of the reasons you don't hear from that jury or from those people is because they're smart enough to know they made the bad decision. Now, if Danielle didn't win and, you know, like that Lisa won, right? So Lisa did whatever it took at that exact moment. But Danielle Reyes, legend. I will give you that. She should be on a legend season. Fair enough. We're making a list here. Hold on. We're making a list. Oh, shit. Okay. It's number one, Danielle Reyes. She's at the top of the list. Top of the list. Okay. Go ahead, Sharon. I mean, my favorite Big Brother player. Thank you. You're so sweet. You don't have to say it is dan okay all right dan he ian whooped his ass but dan is a legend dan is a legend i'm putting him on here okay um we gotta get at least like 12 or we don't have a list um i think nicole franzel is a legend okay did she win the first season she went on no she didn't win but she came back and she won and she came back and she did very well. And I think, you know, there's not a lot of women winners. And I think she played a game that I, I think I would hope to play. Like, I think she did a good job. I was very critical, critical of her game in the, in the, when it was airing, but I kind of can appreciate what she did there. So I like Nicole. I'll put her on the list. Nicole's number three. And we do, we're looking for 12. It does need to be kind of like, you know, Gender fair, yeah. six guys, six girls. Who's number four, Sharon? I mean, Derek, Derek Lavasser. Derek, what did he do? Who was a who was good on his season that he beat? <sighs> okay, fair. There were some interesting people on that season. He wasn't nominated. Never touched the block. You know who else never touched the block? Bowie Jane. Oh my god. Yes. Is Bowie Jane a legend? Because if that's your criteria for a legend, then Bowie Jane is a legend. Well, Derek moved the strategy along. He was making a lot of the decisions and letting other people do it. I don't, Bowie Jane is let, has not done that. <laughs> okay. Derek, number four. Is he ICK or ECK? Uh, who cares? You are. Okay. Number five. So we, we have Daniel Reyes, Dan, Nicole, Derek. Okay. I'm with you so far. Um, you got a long way to go, Sharon. We're only at number five now. We got to get well, to number Rachel four. Rachel Riley's got to be in there. Okay. You think she's a legend? I do. I think 
character wise, you were talking about characters, great TV character. Very entertaining. Did she deserve to win her second season or did a twist save her? Um, both. I mean, both. I, I didn't Are think you less of a legend if a twist saved you. That's what we we're talking about with Jag. We'll put her on the list. Okay. She's number five. Rachel, what's her last name? Riley. Riley. Okay. Number six. Okay, I'm looking. Oh, June Song has to be on that list. June Song, what did she do? That was a that was a competitive season, season four. She was great TV. Talked so much smack. I loved it, and she she's a great, great, entertaining player. Does Julie Chen? I've heard June and Julie Chen don't get along. Was Julie Chen gonna like? I don't know if Julie knows. That June makes fun of her, but June definitely makes fun of her. Sharon Forbes said that, not me. June is number six. We're halfway there, Sharon. Who's number seven? Gosh. Um, we have three. We have four girls and two guys so far. Um. All right, I'm looking at the list. She's not a Big Brother fan. Fans. She doesn't. She has to look it up. I was. This, listen, I'm being put on the spot right now. I want Josh Martinez in there. Wow, an unconventional pick. Josh Martinez, who did he beat? Paul. He beat Paul. I'm putting Josh on the list because, I'm going to call an audible here, I have to pose the question. Paul came in twice, uh, second, twice, back to back. Is Paul a legend? Well, I'm sticking to winners right now, but if not, yeah, Paul Paul's a student of the game. I think he learned a lot. Unfortunately, he just, people didn't want to vote for him in the end, and Josh... Hold so I'll put in second tier then. Is that okay? Yeah, okay. All right, second tier. These are alternates. Or maybe we'll go to 16. Okay, so Paul's on our list as the alternate, okay? Yeah, if we're not just doing all winners. Um, Got to put Taylor. If you come in second twice, I think you're a legend. You know, like, I mean, doing that once, you know, is lucky. If you do it twice, that's hard to do. Yeah, the, the, his issue was he didn't use his goodbye messages to, like you said, own his game. Josh did. And that bit him. That's why he didn't get the votes. I was there. I know. I saw it. Twice. I saw it both times. Yep. Yeah. Okay. We're looking for number eight here, Sharon. Tell um, me another winner who should be on this list. You I, definitely can't have a winner season. I mean, a lot of winners are, you know, in jail, felons, like, you know, like they, you know, they, they're not going to pass the background check. Right. Right. Um, you have to have Taylor in there last season, Taylor Hale. Okay. Uh, Why does she have to be there? She played a very different game and her journey to get there was, I think, one of the hardest and she did it. And her speech, I think, was the best finale speech we've ever seen. Phenomenal speech. Totally agree. Yep. She's got number nine on her legends list. Oh, my God. Well, are we adding you or what? What's the deal? I'm not. I'm the jury. I'm the jury roundtable. Yeah, roundtable. Okay. Yeah. I, it wouldn't be fair. I mean, you know, like again, am I supposed to go back to my middle school biology class and you know be Val Victorian? It's not fair. What am I going to do? Go back? What are these guys going to do? Wash my socks while I stretch and do yoga? It's not fair. Hmm. Okay. Are we thinking just winners? It's your list. You're the one who's telling me. You're the one who's helping me define legends. Um. Like, like, for example, I would love to see Vanessa Rousseau play again, but she didn't win. Do you want to put her on the second yeah, list? Okay, Vanessa's our first female player on our secondary list. Professional poker player and lawyer. Is she a lawyer? I don't want to get sued. I don't know. I don't know either. Okay, number nine on our first list. 
Um, There's no winners left, right? Who's left? Oh, Xavier. He's great. Yeah, Xavier, Xavier, Xavier. Okay. Now, the problem here is we have one, two, three, four men, and wait, is that right? Wait, one, two. But Daniel Reyes didn't win. You have her on your first list. I know. That's why this is tough. Like, what is so gonna put Daniel Reyes on the second list? Got to move her. The second list right. almost seems better than the, the you know, the winner. Well, the, so here's the deal. Here's a quick recap. Here's a quick recap for our fans at home. All right. So we have on the first list, on Sharon Tharp's first list, Dan, Nicole F, Derek, Rachel R, June S, Josh M, Taylor, and Xavier. And that is a total of eight people. So we'll do a, we'll do half of the people are winners. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now we got to come up with eight others who deserve by the power of Grayskull to be legends. Okay. And you got Paul, Vanessa. I can't, oh, and Danielle on there. I can't read my writing. Danielle. So now I need five more people, Sharon, and we're going to put this out in the universe and hope that this is the season we get to see four, five, six, seven, eight. I need five more people who are legends. Not not winners, you're saying? They could be winners, but I don't, I mean, sure. I really I mean, don't care. I, I really mean, don't care. It's your interview. I want to I want, I want I see Andy. Get up their nap so I can feed them. I want to see Andy play again because I think. Who? Andy Heron. Oh, polarizing contestant. Polarizing. I was the only one. Put him on the list. Definitely put Andy on the list underappreciated winner i'd say totally and um, also i'm just being honest like based on his social media like he's bitter enough to get in there and mix things up i mean he's like i like fighting somebody he he's feels like he's been disrespected by the franchise and you know i'd like to see a slobber knocker so you heard <laughs> it here first sharon tharp wants andy on the big brother legend season i agree mm-hmm mm-hmm what about like we need some we need some more entertainment. So I'm thinking Brittany Haynes. Brittany Haynes. She's just she's, I'll put her on the list. She's played how many times? Has she won? What shows has she been on? <laughs> she has not won. All right, so she lost Big Brother. How many times has she played Big Brother? Twice. She lost Big Brother twice. What else? Was she in Survivor? What was she no, on? Amazing Race with Janelle. Amazing Race. Did she win that? No. All right. Well, fine. We need, we need she's entertaining. Fine. She's not good at reality TV, but we'll put her on. Okay, no problem. Did she do well in Big Brother? I really don't remember. That was just, that was when I was in residency. I wasn't watching that. Oh my gosh. All right, whatever. There's so many names. Oh, that Give I like. Give me some. Um, I mean, like for example, Cody. Probably not the funnest to watch, but I would be interested to see if Cody and Derek are in there together, how they navigate that because they're huge targets. I'm running out of people. I'll put him on the list. No problem. Okay. Um, Two more. Oh, are we, are we thinking women or, or men? Do you want to take anyone from this season? Is there anyone from season 25 you want to put on there? I mean, Legend. You're going to throw up, Sharon. You okay? Listen, people are going to come for me about these answers, right? Oh, I know that. That's why <laughs> I didn't give you the list. That's why you're giving me the list. This is not my list. Full legal disclosure, not my list. Sharon's list. Go oh ahead. God. I would love to see, like, 
an Izzy or a Felicia or a Sari play again, but not they're you not. Gotta the because I'm not putting all season 25 on the list. So pick your favorite Big Brother 25 person. I I, I don't think it's we're there. All right, we're cutting out we're cutting out Big Brother 25. Do you want to go crazy and put someone from Big Brother One? What about Eddie? That's I met him at the grocery store. He was awesome. And I let's play. He played a different game, right? It was like completely different. So what I. I so you said no, Eddie? No, I said put him on the list. Let's oh, see. Okay, great. Eddie's on the list. Okay, one more. I need one more. And this one, like, go outside of your comfort zone here, Sharon. Get crazy. Well, it is a legend season. Let's get two more. Like, we'll get an even 16 and then one more 17 just to make it funky. Um, God. And also, can we stop for one second? Fans watching this, best big brother interview Sharon Tharp has ever done, right? Because why? Why? You might not like me. I'm totally comfortable with that, but I'm entertaining you. And Sharon is too, because she's about to give you the Big Brother Legends list. Oh my God. And that's a gift, right? Like you're walking away with something. If you're truly entertained, you're walking away with a feeling. Maybe you hate that person, but that's good because it's a feeling. Maybe you love that person. It's good because it's a feeling. Maybe you got a certificate from me stating that as long as you print it out and sign it at your house and post it on your social media that I'm the best player of all time. But you got something. And ultimately, we're going to give you the legends list before we end this interview. Sharon, back to you. I thought this was your list, Dr. Will. but Not my list. This is your list. Um, have to have Davon in there. She's another one. Davon in there. Okay. How's, how's she doing on shows these days? Yeah, not the best. But she's what, she want, what shows has she been on? Gosh. Um, some some MTV ones that I don't really watch. I think, um, Lo not Love Island. Temp I don't know. Some love show she's right? lost so many shows you can't even remember the shows she's lost how many times has she lost big brother twice uh twice right no three times. No, and three then she three. also lost some other shows okay fine the challenge but i'm sure she's gonna do great okay so now we're digging for people who like great entertaining she's great she's entertaining. you said that you like entertainment entertaining people She's totally. I'm just again. I'm trying to figure out what the word legend is because if you're horrible at Big Brother, but you're entertaining, like it's a real, it's a sweet spot, right? Like, is Cody entertaining? He's not. Mm, is he a yeah. legend? I don't know. Is Davon entertaining? Definitely. Is she good at Big Brother? Not really. So like, it's very, very, very difficult to get a legend season because how do you cast that? I'm just my. You get my point. It's just challenging. Yeah, I think I totally missed this because I know she would never do it, but Maggie would be great to see. Who is that? Big Brother 6, the one who, like, she disappeared. She's Where is she? She's MIA. I Great. Now we have cracked the code. The Illuminati is on this. Big Brother fans, right now, hunt her down. Politely. No. Super polite. No, no, politely. Not hunt, not track. Uh, let me rephrase that. Please quietly reach out to her and invite her to the Big Brother's legend list because she's a former winner. She went into hiding, and I don't think she went into hiding for any other reason than to hone her skills, to polish them. She's oh. probably doing pull-ups like G.I. Jane, shaved her head in the rain, doing push-ups, running up a hill, carrying a tire, sharpening her mind with IQ tests. I would love to see Maggie, who has completely disappeared from everyone's radar to come back into this game. People aren't even, I didn't even remember who she was. People aren't going to know who she is. 
It's yeah. going to be Andy Heron and Maggie. I can't wait for this season. And June Song, come on, there's some, there's some. June words. Song, she's you know eviscerate someone. She's going to exsanguinate them. Including all heads must bow and all tongues must confess. We have the greatest cast of the Legends season ever. This is going to get this is going to be in the New York Times tomorrow. Okay. So here it is. I'm going to read it to you. And Sharon, I want you have to go verbally and agree to these names as we go. Okay. Okay. I'm the obligatory roundtable host. Here's the legends. First tier. These are going to be the first people to enter the house. Okay. Have nots. Dan. Nicole F. Derek. Rachel R. June S. Josh, Josh M. Taylor Xavier P. Okay. Sharon, do you co-sign that? Yeah. She, she, did you hear that? She said it like, hell yeah. <laughs> she was so adamant about it. Okay, so I think it's you, but yes, I agree. They have, have nots. They have to come in. They have to play first and amongst themselves and nominate someone. But the same day, our next tier comes in. And that next tier is Paul, Vanessa, Danielle Reyes, Andy, Brittany, Cody, Eddie, season one. We'll throw back for you. Davon and... We need your help. And I, I, I mean this very sincerely. I'm not joking. Jokes aside, please be polite to people, fans. Yeah, please. Yeah. Like, they're humans. Like, it's just be cool. Please politely track down Maggie politely and tell her that we are dominating her for our legend season. And then Sharon and I, through our incredible entertainment contacts, are going to raise this up the flagpole at CBS and make this happen. How soon is this? Julie teased a holiday surprise. Is this it? I hope. Yeah. I mean, this might come as a shock to you, Sharon, but I'm not exactly in the purview of CBS's decision-making process. So, yeah. um, you know, I love 10 years on the Big Brother Roundtable. You would think they tell me anything. They don't. I just show up and do my job. So they're not really asking me for my opinion too much. But um, nonetheless, I think your list is phenomenal. I co-sign it. And when I say co-sign okay. it, that's just not a phrase. That's not just a phrase. Like I'm going to actually co-sign it there. Now let me hold this up for people at home to print out. Cause I want you guys to print this out and put it on your social media. Okay. Here it is. This is the, whoops. This is the legends list. Okay. This is what we're saying. We think is the list. So print this out. Put on your social media and debate it if you like. But this is the list that I think we can all agree on would be a phenomenal legend season. Well, I got to count men and women really quickly, okay? No, Hold I on. probably have more women, actually. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. It's eight and nine. It's eight and nine. Look at this. That's fine. Slow clap. Greatest interview of all time. I'm going to recap it for us. <laughs> Here it is. The recap is this. Big Brother finale is going to be great. Jury was electric. And I can't wait to see what they edited because there was so much footage and yelling and screaming. And I'm not sure what's going to go down. But um, it'll be fun to watch that finale. Is there a legend season coming? I don't know. No one tells me anything. Uh, I just show up the week before and do the jury roundtable. But if there is, we have a list for you to print out and debate online. Uh, we also have your certificate. Sharon's going to post that somewhere so you can take a picture of it. You write your name in, then you forge my signature, and that will be your attestation, legally binding, 
that uh, I'm the greatest reality personality of all time. And then very lastly, please find your life passion and the love in your life. Mine is Adam and Steve, the polycephaly, sternothernus, odoratus, probably female. We're not really sure. They're not old enough to gender identify. So they might be male, might be female. I think I'm calling them Adam and Steve. Doesn't really matter. They don't listen anyway, but you can follow them on Instagram at dot, no, at two dot headed dot turtle because Sharon Tharp will be there watching them grow up. And please keep your fingers crossed because it's very hard to keep them alive. It's really challenging. That's so Sharon, hard. what closing thoughts would you like to leave us with? I don't, this has been the most wild interview I think I've ever done. So if by wild, you mean entertaining. Yes. Yes. Then that's all that matters because if you're watching TV or a interview and you're not entertained, something is wrong. I knew this was going to be entertaining, Dr. Rail, but you really took it to another level. I was not prepared for this. Well, thank you. That's very, oh, it's very sweet of you to say. Um, I don't do anything halfway. If I do something, it's all the way out and we have a lot of fun. Um, I don't sing, I make it swing. So Sharon, we are, you know, just making magic here. So good. I feel it. I feel the energy between our screens. I feel it. And Sharon, are you going to be live at the Big Brother finale? Well, t t TBD, but yes, I'll be right. B D <laughs> F Y I TBD CBS CBS Big Brother. Watch it. <laughs> yes. Um, and please go to Laserway for all your aesthetic needs: laser hair removal, Botox, skin rejuvenation, skin revitalization. One hundred twenty-eight clinics, twenty-three states. We will take excellent care of you. Yes, and I can attest to that. No, I'm not being paid. Been no, no ad here. Sharon Tharp is a patient. Well, I don't know what else to say. Is there? There's nothing left to be said, Sharon. I appreciate this. Um, I, I hope the fans were entertained. I, every fan out there, I love you. Thank you, Dr. Rill, for joining me. This has been fun. Please like and subscribe, the listeners. You know, if you like my podcast, uh, maybe Dr. Will will come back one day. Who knows? Probably not, but we'll see. Maybe for Steve and um, what's the other one? E Steve. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Well. Fuck! <laughs> oh, come on, Sharon. It's Adam and Steve. Adam, sorry. How I was like Steve you? and Eve. That how, that, I, that's how dare you! Oh my god. <laughs> he left. He was offended. Um. Well, thank you guys for listening to this wild journey here and um yeah that wraps up my winter interviews for this season but um i i don't know what else to say that that's the end of the interview uh you know please like and subscribe and i will be back later in the week with my final interviews with the final three and america's favorite play player probably uh and then yeah we'll see what happens after the season maybe i'll do more interviews and i i will definitely be covering the traders let's be real i have to cover that so Thank you guys for listening.